0: Welcome to the Branding with Video Podcast, your one-stop shop to take your brand to the next level. If you're ready to learn the best tips and tricks in the industry to dominate your brand and become legendary, you've come to the right place. So strap in, listen up, and let's do this.
1: If you're actually going after somebody, think about what you wanna be great at. Like, Ideally, if you wanna get paid and actually do a great job, you want somebody who already is a personal brand, who just sucks at YouTube, and they have kicked ass in their business and their podcast and booking guests, just missing this one piece that you happen to be a ninja at. And that's how we focus on.
0: Welcome back to the Branding of Video Podcast, where we help you to grow your podcast on YouTube, scale your business, and make an impact. I have Evan Carmichael coming on today. If you're in the thought leadership space, you're trying to grow your audience as a thought leader. Evan's somebody that needs to be on your radar. Evan's new book is out. It's called Momentum. There's some incredible stuff in here. He just wrote this book in like, like he said two months or something crazy. So he's written I, several hey, books. I,
1: what? Well, I'm a big fan of getting people results. So it always yeah. starts with like, what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. And then we reverse engineer what the strategy should be. So- at the end of the day, and this is hopefully a valuable exercise, you know, in using you, Zach, as an example, we can bring value to your audience and anybody watching too. And just, you know, before we dive into, just shout out to you. I love the vibe, the energy, the video that you did on me a month ago or two. Uh, yeah. it's awesome. I reached out. Just the uh, level of care and attention to detail that you take into searching somebody before kind of having them come on is, uh, is awesome, as refreshing. And so I'm super excited I'm early to yeah. come to do this show because I'm so excited to that. hang out with you. Cool. So if we're using it as an example, right? Perfect. Yeah. Zach's trying to grow his YouTube channel. Well, why? What, ultimately, what are you trying to sell? What's the business that you want to be doing outside of YouTube? I'd love to have a one-hour coaching call Monday through Friday with those that are
0: you know, want to grow their YouTube, want to do thought leadership business. And so taking your advice, creating some now
1: calls to put up that are 45 minutes to an hour. Amazing. Dude, I love it. So the first thing to think about then is if you want to sell machine services, we need to be thinking who is going to be the right candidate who would be able to afford what you do. Yeah. Is there a niche? Is there it's like thought leaders? Is that what you want to hone in on?
0: I worked with a couple of channels, three hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, and that's what they did. And I enjoyed that the most. I did a lot of businesses that are creating content and not seeing results. It's kind of who I want to work with because they're marketing instead of creating organic content that that's providing value to bring those clients in. You see like that?
1: Yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, so. For any business, there's always going to be a bunch of experts already out in the market, right? And you're, yeah. you're a relatively new channel. You know, like I hadn't mm-hmm. heard about you until a month or two ago or when you reached mm-hmm. out or when you made that video. I was like, I like this guy. I like his vibe. But you know, in the world of YouTube experts and consultants, I've never heard of you Yeah. Yet. And it's cool. So you bring it onto the scene. Awesome. And there's others who've been around, you know, for a long time. Yeah. In coaching their own businesses. They have scaled and grown. I mean, my first two collabs of all time were Dara Leaves and Tim Schmoyer. And I love <laughs> awesome. them. And they're like the OGs of YouTube. Yeah. So you have two paths. And, you know, Zach has two paths, but everybody watching is trying to do something similar has two paths. You either go generic and you're another YouTube consultant. You take, you know, five years or a decade to build your brand. Yeah. And you slowly start to win in in your generic and you get clients and it's a slow path up and it's awesome. The second one is you go sniper, hyper targeted, like I'm, I am kick ass at this. Yeah. And this is who I help. And so if it's thought leaders, cool. It could be thought leaders. If it's, you know, you had a, I saw a show you made on on YouTube podcasts, right? So like if if you're going to be the guy to take people who are podcasting over to YouTube. And that's what you're kick ass at. Then you start to build that reputation as that guy. If you're trying to, if you want to help entrepreneurs or local businesses sell their thing, cool. Like now, how do I generate? How do I use YouTube to help me generate business for a local business? Right. I have, I own the largest salsa dancing school in Canada. Right. Awesome. would what, what someone like me hire you to help me drive business into my localness? Because I don't care about somebody from New York watching my video. I'm trying to get people in Toronto to watch my video, right? Can you be the guy for e-commerce where I'm selling a bunch of products to the world? Can you be the guy for books and then you're talking to authors, right, and helping them sell? You know, <laughs> you've got your copy there too, right? But like all of those are options. And the problem with trying to be everything is then you're nothing. Yeah, you're not a sniper at anything, and then you get lumped in with everybody else. And those, the everybody else, those people are ahead of you Yeah, and they've done more and they're they're probably better than you at this point at that thing. Yeah. Cool. And that's not a, that's not a, that's not a slap. That's like, Hey, honest assessment, where we're at, but for you to get kick-ass at any of those things, you could do that in a relatively short amount of time. And then even if your generic YouTube knowledge may not be the best compared to others, you could be the best at this one thing and then start charging premium for all of your services. Yeah so all of those could work the best one is like what do you actually feel the most connected to not necessarily what's worked so far okay because you may not have the biggest track record of things to say wow that was this has worked but more yeah. like where do you want to go because who needs to be on youtube everybody yeah right like who doesn't need to be on so who then do you want to go and help the most and then dedicate yourself to studying and learning because with your learning style and how you dive in on things it's impressive. I love it. Like it separates you already. I don't know you that well. And already is like, I love, I love this guy, Zach, right? Appreciate it. You could apply that to any industry and then relatively quickly become the expert. And not just like you saying you're the expert, but actually recognized as the expert, because you're going to dive in and do the research and understand and have the examples and the case studies and the strategies where nobody else would. Yeah. So with all that being said, maybe I'll give you a little bit of time to think. Yeah. You know, where do you want to apply YouTube? To what niche industry?
0: I think, so I was snipered in on YouTube podcasting. I thought it was maybe too narrow and I didn't know quite who to direct to. Cause thinking back, like the channel that I worked with that's similar to you, we took their AdSense from 4,500 month to 12K a month, doubled their subscriber rate, like in four months. Like it was really fun. I had a lot of, I think it was fun cause we got a lot of results fast. because I was just having fun with it. But as far as like who I work with and what kind of content I create, I love the video podcasting. Like I I think it's YouTube is now has podcasts. Din is bringing them Twitter. Like all of them are bringing video podcasts. And so if I can be the video podcast guy and be early on that, I'd much rather do that than try to compete with Daryl Eves or Tim Schmoyer. (laughs) Think any of the people that have been doing it long, because I I can't compete with them. Like I just can't. So
1: well, you can't yet. That's all. You know, like you can't yet to just ahead of you, reputation, clients, history, but it's not that you can't. Yeah. So that's just like, that's the longer term path. And maybe you're the guy for all of, maybe you're the one hosting all the YouTube events and speaking on stage and all that. But in the short run, it's like, we're building a long term brand where maybe you're the face of YouTube for the world. Cool. Let's work towards that. And like in the next 12 months, let's get you paid so yeah. that you're making money from it. Because most people in trying to build that big brand, then they end up going broke because it, you know, you have bills to pay and you got a sustainably yeah. built team, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you have two options. The easiest one is find people who already have a kick ass podcast. Do you listen to podcasts yourself? Yep. Okay. Cause I don't, cause I, I'm a visual learner. I okay. hate audio. So I listen. I'm on a whole bunch of podcasts, but yeah. I hate audio. So the fact that I can okay. see you now like helps cause otherwise it'd be really, it'd be closing my eyes and really trying to listen. Huh? So I appreciate this is video. Yeah. You find a list of all the podcasts out there that are of a certain size, you know, that they have a budget that they're doing well. It's not some startup podcast. Because for anybody to be able to afford you to come in, they have to be making money, Yeah, right? And if you're going to take a bet on them and their growth, you can take a few wild shots if you want, but you want to, anybody, you're starting your business, you want to start getting paid for the thing that you're helping them with. So the easiest path is people who already have a podcast, who are hopefully filming video and get them onto YouTube. And if not, then help them get onto YouTube, help them get their setup and get their camera and film so that they have a big audience already. And have just completely neglected YouTube. Okay. And there's lots of those people who have sizable podcasts. Yeah. Who've never gone to YouTube. They don't know how the, the, all the details, yada, yada. Yeah. And you take a, you take either a fee for service, or if you really believe in them, you take a piece of the channel. Okay. That anything like the AdSense revenue, you're taking a cut and anything on top, you're going to help them promote their newsletter, their products or services, their coaching, their books, their speaking tours, their, on and on, but you take a cut. So there's a, there's an unlimited upside on you uh, instead of just going in and saying, Hey, I charge 500 bucks an hour or whatever you're going to charge
0: to do it. Okay.
1: The second path is to go in and find people who already have podcasts and who are already doing and do it better and tell them, Hey, what you guys are doing is not good. And here's why. Okay. And I did a deep dive and here's what you should do to make it better. Okay, And that may mean they fire, maybe they're doing it all themselves and like, they want somebody else to do it. Maybe they have somebody internal who's doing it, but they're also managing a million other things and they'd rather give it to somebody who's an expert at it. Or they have some other agency or someone else like you who's called themselves a YouTube expert, but doesn't know what they're doing to you, who's the YouTube podcast expert, and they hire you to come in and replace that person. Okay. You have to be better than, you know, whoever is currently doing it and have a you know, high degree of, you know, Success with it, okay. But that's definitely a model. You know, who wants to start a podcast? Tons of people, yeah. but we don't want to target the early stage people because they won't pay you anything, and it'll yeah. take so long for them to get going before it turns into something. It's the people on the ride who, again, ideally have a big podcast, games, but maybe not as much on video, or they're just making so many mistakes on video, and you help them do that, and you become that guy,
0: okay, like that, like that a lot. I think that's actually how I got my first couple of clients for YouTube console things. I just Use some tools. Said, "Hey, here's your scores. Here's how we can improve them." The thought that came to mind is maybe do like a Loom video for some of these people and say, "Hey, here's a couple of tips. Hopefully, this is helpful." Love to hop on a call. Is that a strategy?
1: with and invested into. There's, there's two entrepreneurs who who I love and I ended up partnering with their business where they they have seventy five percent and I have twenty five percent and I help make introductions to thought leader and entrepreneurs and help coach and guide them in their business and they're both mid to high six figure businesses now. And it's all basically exactly that. Okay. You know? And Jeremy was the first one. He was a grocery store clerk. Hated his job. Working minimum wage. Yeah. And I said, okay. He offered to come and mow my lawn and walk my dog and just wanted to be around. Right. Yeah. I said, I don't need someone to mow my lawn. You know, at the time I lived in the condo, I had no lawn. <laughs> but uh, how about I teach you YouTube? Yeah. And all a lot of my friends need help, and I don't want to be the guy doing YouTube consulting. So. I'll teach you how to do it. And then you go off and do it, and we'll split the business. You keep 75%. And that became the deal. And that was like mid six figure business, full up on clients, doesn't want any more business, like at 25 years old or something. Yeah. And the model became partly was me making introductions for him. So that helped, but also is just come up with three big ideas that you could help this channel and say, Hey, I'm Zach. I'm reaching out to our YouTube channel. I've got three big ideas on how you can grow to x like what's the subscriber count that they need to get to you know if they're at twenty thousand, they want to hit 50 if they're 51 100 if they're 100 hit 250 right something reasonable okay i I love to hop on a quick 20 minute call to share with you some of the ideas okay and then you hop on a call and you blow them away with value like what are the three big ideas and it's easy to get overwhelmed it's easy sorry it's easy to overwhelm them with all the things you could do it's like (laughs) yeah keep it business talk, not tech talk. Because if they understood the tech, they wouldn't be talking to you in the first place. So business results. And what are the top three things that they need to focus on? And then you let them know that you can help them with it or take it for free and run with it. Like this will really help you. I love your content. I want to see you grow. Run with these three things. I can help you with it or or do it internally and take all these ideas and just go with them. And that became the model of how Jeremy and then Drew both built mid six-figure business. and now. They don't want to grow anymore. Like (laughs) they don't want to build a million dollar plus age. Like they're happy with their, you know, them and a couple of assistants overseas. And now they have living a good life. They're like, great. Now who do I send people to? Yeah. Uh, But that's definitely a workable model. Okay. And so then it changes your content. Like if that's what you want to do, you may not even need to make any videos. Like, okay. Jeremy makes no videos. Drew makes no videos. They have no YouTube channel. They don't have a sales page, a, a landing, nothing. It's just direct, it's just sales. It's just outreach okay, and people so. hopping on calls and doing it. Okay. If you wanted to have some kind of inbound stuff coming to you, then it, it switches the focus of your content because now we're not talking about some of your content with respect. It's like all over the place. <laughs> yes. Inside yes, of is. like YouTube winning, right? Yeah. Cool. Now I'd like on your banner, it says we are video makers, position yourself as the expert in your field, YouTube podcasts and camera, microphones, personal branding, right? If you're actually going after somebody like, Think about what you want to be great at. Okay. Do you want to be great at the person at being the personal branding guy?
0: No, I need, need to remove that right? one.
1: And it's cool. And yeah. it's like ideally, if you want to get paid and actually do a great job, you want somebody who already is a personal brand. Yeah. Who just sucks at YouTube. Yeah. And they have kicked ass in their business and their podcast and booking guests and all of the stuff that goes into making a podcast work just missing this one piece that you happen to be a ninja at and that's how we focus on so you know latest video that i see in the channel like youtube podcast studio in a bag that's not our target audience no like if you have to teach people how to create a podcast they're not the people who are going to be hiring you and paying you big dollars to come and solve their problem right yeah so there's nothing wrong with having some content that then like serves the community and serves the world. And if you said, I, I want to be the guy who everybody then launches their own podcast and I want to sell a $49 course that's going to serve everybody in the world. It's a different model. If you want to come in and sell coaching services, which is a much better short-term plan to make serious dollars and trying to sell a you know, $49 course, it starts to shift the content direction because you come across your brand right now, as it ends mm-hmm. like on this day. Come across as you're the beginner podcast guy.
0: Yeah, and I don't or even want like to be. the
1: beginner YouTube kind of <laughs> podcast guy. If I'm a professional podcaster and I have a kick-ass podcast that's doing well, I don't need you to tell me what microphone to use. Yeah. Hopefully, right? Like Hopefully. If, you, if I have to tell if you have to tell me what microphone to use, there's a problem. If I'm a yeah. podcaster, right? Without all with like love and respect to you and what you're building and creating. So yeah. it switches the direction of the content so that you can start attracting the right people to hire you. I never wanted to build an agency doing this. So I end up helping a lot of my friends in the business and I just give business to Jeremy and Drew when they want to grow. Yeah. But if I wanted to, that's what I would do. Like I met Tom Bilyeu, I think I may mention this in, in the conversation with you earlier, but Tom Bilyeu who started Impact Theory, I met him the first time because I did a review of his YouTube channel and I said, here's all the things that's wrong with Tom Bilyeu's YouTube channel. In a loving way, but in a like direct, like, hey, if I ran Tom Billy's channel, here's what I would do. I'd fix this and this and this. And the point is to make anybody look bad. Like, oh, Tom, you suck. Like you're a billionaire. How come you're doing this? You know? (gasps) Yeah. Because that's entertaining and that can get a lot of views, but you're not going to get a lot of clients from it. Right. Yeah. And it may not just be ethically aligned with who you want to be and, you know, the nice guy vibes, at least that I get from you in every interaction I've had with you. He watched that video. And he left a comment thanking me. And that's the number one comment still on the video right now. That led to a relationship with Tom. Yeah. So if I'm you and I want to be getting coaching clients, I would be doing a regular breakdown. So instead of doing breakdowns of like the latest microphone gear or podcasts in a box or what lighting to use, et cetera, I'd be doing breakdowns of people's YouTube channels Okay. who are thought leaders, who have podcasts. Not who are trying to do Minecraft videos or slime channels or princess dress up or LinkedIn whatever, lives. Right? Does that count? Wh- what? LinkedIn lives. I see a lot of those where they don't have a podcast, but they do have a LinkedIn lives. It's a potential niche. Okay. You just have to think, does this person, is he, are they an ideal client? Does this person have a budget to hire? Okay. If they're not willing to spend, what I don't know what your entry point is, $2,000 a month to work with you? Right? You're not coming in for 100 bucks a month to work with, no. right? But it may not be twenty thousand a month. So what what's the number that you start to come in? You know, okay. Jeremy and Drew both started at twenty five hundred a month. Okay, to come in, right? So yeah, as a starting point, and then it goes up. There's some services and whatever else that you're going to be selling. So does somebody who's doing LinkedIn Lives are they taking it seriously? Do, are they generating business from it? Because if, if they're not generating business yet. Then it's all nickel and dime on you. It's like, well, okay, Zach, like can we cut it down to this? And you're you're asking block that has to work right away yeah. as opposed to no, it's an investment. And it's yeah. a totally different mindset. Like when you're making money and then all of this is gonna basically be taken care of by you and your team, and I'm gonna make even more money and get even more exposure, then it makes sense. So I personally have not seen anybody big on LinkedIn Live then go to YouTube and blow up. Okay. Maybe that's the new wave. I don't know. I just I haven't seen anybody take LinkedIn Live seriously enough the way that they take a podcast. Okay. Cuz there are some major podcasters who suck at YouTube. Yeah. Are there okay. major in Live people who have team and investing heavily into it but then suck on YouTube? I've met a couple. I don't know how I've not asked them those questions, but they've done LinkedIn
0: Lives consistently for years and they get clients from that. And they're too busy because of all the clients they get to really focus on YouTube. So potentially, we should call
1: them and have those conversations. But it's worth a shot. Yeah. Podcasting for sure. Like, Podcasting do they sure. already have team? Yeah. Okay. So for their I'm LinkedIn team, Live, like do they already have team helping them? Because if, okay. if you're the first person on team, not a good idea. <laughs> it's just harder. Yeah. yeah, like they're smaller, they will be more on you. They may not know even how to manage or work with a team. Yeah. And okay. so it's, if you see a lot of upside, then maybe, but you're usually better off working with somebody who already has a team, who already has a budget, who understands how valuable this thing is. And now they want to go all in on YouTube. Okay. Right. I like that. Podcast is easy. It's hot. YouTube launched their podcast thing very recently. So yeah. it makes it a lot easier. Rogan blew up and set the wave yeah. for everybody to come on YouTube and start sharing their podcast. Logan yeah. Paul, you know, moving away from all of his blogs and everything to impulsive and having a podcast. So as, and it's very different generations. So you got the old, old school thought leaders getting the podcast and you've got the new school Gen Z, you know, like let's go create podcasts now. So yeah. it's super hot. So I would focus on ideally people who already have team, who already have budget that you think could win. And so I do a series Of you breaking down people's channels. Okay. And take on whoever. You think Gary V sucks? Like and not sucks, but yeah. Like what's he doing wrong? What's Tom doing wrong? What's Lewis doing wrong? What's whoever? You know, whoever is a big podcaster, they may not be doing a million things wrong. You can highlight some of the things that they're doing right. But here's if if you were working on their team, if you're working on Gary's team, what would you do to go in and make it better? Here's where he's dropping the ball a little bit. And then other people who have podcasts, like here's where they're dropping the ball a lot.
0: Okay. And
1: would you make those long videos,
0: like close to an hour? Those ones going to be like, because my, one of the problems I have is we have a lot of shorts people (laughs) because the algorithms are finally talking. But if my thought has always been, even before watching your stuff, if you're going to watch a 60 second video, you don't want to watch a 20 minute video, let alone an hour or two. Is it better to do a five to 20 minute video that's slower pace? Not quite as, cause I I've, I have videos that I've edited for 30 hours. Like I, I love creating content. That's fun for me, but that does translate into listening to me for an hour. Cause it's high paced. It's, it's different. It's a very different yeah. type of content. So is there, what would your strategy be for these lengths of videos and those breakdowns, should they be longer or should they be kind of in that middle range? Again, it's like, what is the objective? If and, we're going with his objective to No, get no I clients, get it. Yeah. So,
1: and same thing that you would bring to your clients, what is your objective? Because if, if the client, all they want is subscribers and views, shorts is the way to go. Okay. And then you become the agency that helps them make shorts and figure out the virality of shorts and the length and the pace and the music and the B-roll and the captions shorts. and <laughs> the repeats at the end and the yeah. loops and frequency and all that stuff. And like, you could be, that is a business. You could be the guy. Who takes podcasts and turns them into shorts or turns any thought leadership content into shorts. Like that's a huge potential opportunity. The problem with shorts right now is it's the fastest way to get subscriber and views, but they don't translate to business. They don't translate to people watching long-form content and they don't translate to then people buying your thing as much, which is which might be fine. For some thought leaders or experts, is like I don't need you to help sell my courses or my books or my speaking. I just need to get a million subscribers or 10 million subscribers, because that means something to me. That gives me clout. That gives, and cool. So you help them go off and do that. They're going to make no money from those videos, but they get the subscriber number count, which might mean something to them. So I'm not judging people's goals. It's like, you tell me your goal and I'll give you the strategy to help you accomplish your goal. Most of the people I talk to, they want to monetize. They want to make money. They want AdSense revenue and they want to sell their stuff and they want to get booked on places. And if that's your goal, then Suggested is a game that you need to be in. Suggested needs to be your number one, not search, not browse, Suggest is where you need to play. And if you want to win in Suggested, then you need to be making long-form videos, ideally one to three hours long, okay. especially in podcast world. Yeah. Like a 20-minute podcast sucks. So <laughs> in terms of Suggested, just yeah. getting it ranked. So one to three hours is where you want to be playing. That's how Rogan blew up. Three-hour long podcast. YouTube, pr- and why? Because you, this is what YouTube will promote. Yeah. YouTube loves promoting long form content. And so the first minute of those shows will matter and anything you learn from YouTube shorts and how to hold attention and hook it cool that matters. But after that, as long as you're decent at asking questions, people will usually continue to watch the video and yeah. if they're spending two hours with Zach instead of 20 seconds. They're much more likely to buy your stuff. I want to hire you. I want to work with you. Dive deeper in your world, right? Yeah. It happens. And same thing for all of your clients. If they're thought leaders, authors, whatever, i spending two hours with them instead of 20 seconds. They're going to make a lot more sales, get a lot more email signups, get a, all of that. It's going to, it's going to grow like crazy because people are spending time with them. So I would do deep dives, you know, like if you want those videos to get ranked, that would do a deep dive. Like don't make it to our video because you don't, you're trying to fill it and like, oh, so yeah. what else can I talk about? You guys would be kind of yeah. stumbling, right? But whatever actually comes to mind, order by importance and then go for as long as you can, breaking down that person's channel and giving as much feedback as you can. So if that means you stop at 20 minutes because you have nothing else to say, cool. But if you have more to say, go 40, go 60, go 80, go two hours. Like if you've got a lot of content, like if you spend two hours breaking down somebody's channel. One, if they saw it, they're like, who is this guy, right? (laughs) Oh my God, this guy, Zach, is insane. I love it. Like, how do I hire him? And you don't need a million people to watch that video. You just need the right people to watch that video, right? Yeah. Again, what are your goals? If your goal is to sell coaching services and get clients, then let's get the right people watching your videos instead of trying to build you a 100,000 or a million subscriber base on your channel. Okay. And same thing for your clients. Like, what is their goal? Always a question. What do you sell? How can we sell more of the thing you're trying to sell? So those people can you go for two hours, breaking down their channel, deep dive. You're going to get business from it, either from them or from people who watch it, who want to be like Gary Vee. And you're breaking down exactly what makes it work and where he could improve. Like, oh my gosh, I never even thought about all that stuff. How okay. do I hire Zach? Like, who is this guy? Right? So that's an easy play. They can Having guests come on like this, doesn't help you as much in generating this apart from the biz dev. So the way to use this, where you are bring guests on is the relationship means something okay. that you're hoping that you knowing me now leads to relationship that maybe I pass you business on to something like, Hey, is this Zach guys? Like, maybe I should invest in Zach's business. Maybe, maybe Zach should be my new guy I have Jeremy Jew and now Zach and let's give him some business. Yes. And same no. thing with other people, right? <laughs> yeah. Who you're, you're bringing on yes to learn from, but, if you want to make sales, you're the expert for anybody who wants to make sales. Often having a podcast where you're having guests on is the worst because you're asking questions. You being a Larry King it doesn't help you sell anything. Yeah. Are you showing your expertise? Like here, I'm doing most of the talking, sharing my expertise, right? That's part of the thing. Yep. It'd be weird for you to come on and start. Why am I here? If you're telling me about YouTube or whatever, right? Yeah. So for anybody who's hosting a show usually doesn't lead to a lot of sales, unless your goal is to be a host, right? Like if your goal is to be an MC at events, your goal is to get paid to host round table discussions or fireside chats, cool. Now we need to see you hosting as much as possible, right? So again, like what's your goal and let's strategize towards it. So your best bet for using a podcast, apart from like general interest and like, hey, it's cool that I can have people that I like to come on my show. Best bet is to think about who are potential partners for you that if they knew who you were, they might pass you business. So you're using it as biz dev, where normally they may not talk to you. Like the fact that this is a show increases the chance of somebody coming and talk to you. Like yeah. I may not talk to you one on one. If you said, Hey, Evan, do you have half an hour to talk yes. to me about my business. Like, probably not. You know, like I get that, maybe I get that all the time. Even for shows, it's usually probably not because there's so many shows. But I like the vibe and the way you reached out. It's easier to get a yes which then brings people into your world. Now they know you. So those would be the, the two easiest points to start where you're doing breakdowns, deep dives, and you just share a screen and tear the channel apart. And then if you're having guests on, you're picking their brains. And the goal is for them to know you, not to get clients, but potentially to get clients from them that they might pass your name around.
0: Okay. I like
1: that which a lot. Then most of the content changes on your channel. Yeah. Almost does. everything. Yes. I'm
0: total rebranding after this call, <laughs> which
1: is great. Right. Yeah, like, hey, let's get really- you, let's get you more sales. Less towards the beginners and here's the camera you need and here's the microphone that you need and here's the lighting setup and all of that stuff and more towards the advanced growth strategies for the people who will hire you.
0: Okay. I like that. I was going to say, I-, I love reviewing equipment, but my equipment's expensive. I added, like, I want to do like a my studio and I added it up yesterday. It's like 35 grand. Most of it's. From working with brands, so it's free, so I'm not paying for it. But I'm like, I don't like the cheaper stuff, so I, I have a hard time because I am, like you said, positioned more towards beginners. So I need to change that a little bit. So, a couple of questions that I did have related. So you've answered video links, live streams on on YouTube. Is there because you're saying one to three hours is the best, and that's where I'm starting to see the best results, and I have a lot of ideas after you talking to us. Does live streams on YouTube play into this at all? Unless, like, if I'm trying to sell something, I can kind of get that. But is there any other? Your reason I would do that? Or is it, do I just want to do these one to three hour videos really showing my expertise as a thought leader?
1: Okay. So, again, you know, like we reverse engineer the goal and live streams have their purpose, a very narrow purpose. Okay. It should not be the default strategy for most people. But live streams are great for getting immediate eyeballs on something. Okay. And uploaded videos, or however long, are great for the ongoing win, the ongoing okay. attention. So, the biggest value of a YouTube instead of a TikTok or an Instagram or a, any other platform is that the content lives forever. The videos that you post in a week and a month and a year and two years will still be getting you views, attention, subscribers, money, et cetera. Where a TikTok, nobody cares what you posted a week ago, you know, let alone a year ago. Instagram, it's instant. It's like, what did you post today? Nobody's going back a month on your Instagram. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. And so if you think of it from that perspective, the biggest benefit of YouTube is that it lives forever. And if you're doing live streams, you're kneecapping the most stable benefit. Live streams suck ongoing. It's instant attention and then it's gone. It sucks ongoing. Live streams don't rank. Almost never in browse and suggested and search after the fact. So knowing that, how can you design a strategy around live streams? We're going to get a lot of eyeballs on something and it's going to go away. Cool. Can we use that in our business? There might be some use cases, right? It's like, let's just use the best use cases to help us achieve our goal. So where could it be valuable? Well, you mentioned selling. So if you're selling something, that could be real helpful. If I wanted to push my new book, Momentums, like I got to hit the list. I got to push this hard. Yes. Then I would do a whole bunch of YouTube live streams talking about the book. Okay. And I try to generate a lot of sales while we're live and say, hey, guys, if you buy 10 copies right now, I'm going to get you blank, right? But it's got to be right now. I'm th- once this video is over, it's done, right? And I don't need that video to live on. That video is dead after I'm, I've finished recording. I don't need it to live on, though, because it accomplished its objective. Yeah. If you're doing any of the challenges, really coming out to do challenges, people are doing three, five, seven-day challenges, and they'll do it on YouTube. I did it as well. We live streamed inside our Facebook group and also restreamed it to the YouTube channel. And so people are joining me for a couple hours a day doing a live challenge. But if they want to participate and be involved, it's not the chat on YouTube. They have to join the challenge and get it into the Facebook group, which then leads to Movie Makers, which is one of my programs. So we're, gonna, we're giving a lot of value for free through a live challenge, but I don't need that video to live on afterwards. It serves its purpose because we're all coming together for this live event for us to be here. This hasn't been done as much, but people used to do a lot of, if you have a really big video that's about to go live and you want to get some eyeballs on, you go live on your channel 20 minutes before. Okay. So everybody gets notified that you just went live. Yeah. And you're promoting the video. Uh, Okay. So if I'm going to, if like, if I get Zach on my channel and like this is the biggest interview of my life, yeah, And I want everybody to see this Zach interview. I can go live 20 minutes before on my own channel and say, guys, I got a, an insane interview coming up, whether I want to drop who it is or not, and chat with my audience. And then once it goes live, I can tell everybody who's watching me, okay, go watch the video right now. We're going to go all, go watch it together, whether it's a premiere or you just launch a normal video and you're taking your live audience and you're going to that new video that just came up on the channel. Okay. But again, I don't care. I don't need my preamble video to go. And do anything people will do a live when they are crossing a milestone you're about to hit a million subs or hundred thousand subs or ten thousand subs or whatever then yeah. you, you do a live stream to kind of celebrate in you know be with your community and like thank you guys we did it hey hooray it's like community building but again that video will suck ongoing but i don't need it to so if there's a bunch of those kinds of use cases but we're basically assuming that after we're done that video is dead i don't need it to live on and if that's the assumption, then cool. What use cases can we come up with? But you're handicapping the best part of YouTube, which is that your content lives forever. Like if this video was a live stream to YouTube, you're just going to get a lot fewer, you get a lot more day one views, yeah. but a lot less lifetime views, which is usually the goal of people when they're making YouTube channels.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, everything I'm getting from you is well, what's your goal? Does it serve your purpose? And go with it. You hear a lot of people, and I'm in a, some breakdowns, like you suggested, of this. But a lot of people say be everywhere. My thought right now for what I'm doing: LinkedIn and YouTube, two places most important.
1: Yeah, like you could build a mid-six figure business without even having a channel. So, like, what are you trying to accomplish? I started. I've started asking that question to everybody because I remember I come from the business world. That wasn't a like YouTube wasn't my first business. I built and sold a company, went into venture capital, then got into creating content and websites, and then YouTube. (laughs) And so my mindset is always business first. And I remember being blown away at one of the first YouTube events that I went to, like, oh, I guess I'm a YouTuber now. I have 100,000 subscribers, whatever. Let's go meet these big YouTubers and see what they're doing. And it was like, had a, I met a guy who was in the millions of subscribers, and it was still him working full-time with a part-time assistant, because that's all he could afford from his multi-million subscriber channel. Like, how are you not? I'm making money on my 100,000. How are you not? And so it's just because it was never a plan. There was never a business mindset. Like this was his first company that he ever started and he never thought. And and so it's, I want to help people get their goal. Right. So a lot of people are creating content and spending a lot of time and it just doesn't help them accomplish the thing that they want. So, you know, your long term objective may be I want everybody to feel comfortable making a YouTube video and starting their own podcast. Cool. And like, let's get you paid in the meantime because building that brand is going to take so long. And I don't want you struggling on the way up to get there. Like, let's go build you. A mid six figure business doing what you love, consulting p- with people. And then you do whatever you want, you know, like go start a wanna video company, go start a <laughs> NetSuite, whatever, right? It's like, okay. then it becomes whatever you want to do that, that feeds your soul. And maybe, maybe the NetSuite thing is like not interesting anymore. And you want to go do something else and yeah. sell your own podcast studio in a box, like whatever, all of it can work. But I love the path. It's like, let's go, like building that consulting business is great. It's hard to scale to multi million dollars. Even if you had people under you, like a service based business like that is hard to turn into a multi million dollar company, but to make it a mid six figure business is not that difficult. If you're decently good at what you're doing. So how do you get there? You don't even need content to do it. Like this is, you can, that's yeah. marketing, that's magnets. So pe- like people will come to you and find you. The easy thing to do is just do outreach. Okay. You, know, you find all the podcasts that do not have a YouTube channel that are by category, like go to every podcast, find the database, like find the top hundred podcasts in every category, see what they're doing on YouTube. Most of them will not be there or they will be there and will suck. Like there's very few who are top hundred who then crush on YouTube as well and work out a deal to work with a couple of them. And if you get, you know, three or four clients out of that who are paying you five to $15,000 a month, done. Yeah. Right? That's outreach. Like you don't need to make video as much as I'm the video guy, I'm just telling Zach to shut down his channel, but yes. like that should at least be a part of what you're doing. Cause that's, that's the fastest way to get clients is as much as you can make a video and turn it into a YouTube video. If you only want to make YouTube content, then that's the play as you make the big breakdowns, but even better is you do a loom or you do an unlisted YouTube video directly at them. Like, can you think of somebody right now who, who you'd love to work with, who should have a YouTube channel and who's. Like awesome podcast, but sucks on YouTube. But there are a few podcasts that I, I don't actually know if they're on
0: YouTube. So I need to go check because I haven't even, I haven't done that. But no, cool. I, I, so, I need so to go do that. It
1: comes yeah. the game, right? Like if you're going to be the podcast guy on YouTube, you, you should know the podcasts that aren't on YouTube, right? Yeah. And listen, that's not to make you feel bad. You could do that yeah. tonight, right? Like to find the yeah. list. Yeah. That's 100%. a couple hours of research. To make a list for me. <laughs> like tomorrow you have your list and you're doing outreach. Like this is very easy yeah but uh, you know i don't know enough podcast I, I don't have any examples because i don't yeah. know podcast but you know who what's who's your favorite sports who's your favorite athlete of all time probably dmitry klokov dmitry klokov 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 okay mm. i'll just say dmitry. Dmitry. So dmitry's let's say dmitry is he american probably not right russian russian okay let's say dmitry was american and had you know perfect english and he wanted to start his podcast okay, okay. he has a podcast but he sucks <laughs> on youtube cool so you're going to reach out to Dimitri and offer to be his guy on YouTube. And so you make a 20-minute video outlining his podcast, why it's so great, why you love it, why you're a fan, like all the stuff that you actually do, like you're actually a fan, you actually care. You're not, it's not just some sales call. You're passionate about Dimitri. Like I love bodybuilding. I want to help you get a message out to the world. YouTube is the place. Like That energy and excitement that I felt when you did the video on me for him And that you're offering to help them. You'd be happy to hop on a call. Like, here's some value. Here's 20 minutes of what, what you could be doing. Not like you have to talk to me to get any of the goods, like you give it away because they can't, they're not going to do it. Right. And that's when they would hire you to do it. And so if you did that, you had your VA make a list and the ones that you actually connected with that you like, and you believe in their mission and what they're doing. And just like, you love these people. And then you spent the next three weeks just making 20 minute video after 20 minute video after 20 minute. You just need three to 10 clients to pay five to 15K a month and you've got your business. Yeah. You never have to the, make another YouTube video again unless you want to, right? Which yeah. is cool. But now it's not like it has to deliver or like I just want to see you make money and like yeah. everybody can follow this process as well. Yeah, I mean, that's how you, you're done. You have your, like to build a three to $500,000 business, you're done. That's how you do it. Yeah, that doesn't take you to five million. Yeah. but three to five hundred. Yeah, a good business, and for a lot of people, like they're they would the amount of struggle, the amount of struggle I went through in my first business to even make it to like a hundred thousand was insane. And now it's you know so easy to come in and just because you're good at what you do. Yeah, and because it's really valuable, and this is a skill set that's missing for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Now, so like now if you that's how you just win on business. But if you want to take it to the content side, right now you're thinking, who do I need to have on my guest on my show to to build relationships with? And then doing more bigger channel breakdowns of people explaining what's good, what's wrong, what you would fix, what you respect. You know, you could do my channel and say, I love Evan for this. And listen, Evan sucks at these four things. And here's where, you know, go and break it down. Yeah, that's a starting point, man. Like there's so much opportunity there for you. Oh, I appreciate that. I love this. I'm now I'm thinking
0: agencies. I'd like creating content to get clients. Do you want to? And I think the problem is they want me to create YouTube content because I have this set up. I like making the videos, but I'm not an expert on NetSuite or scaling your business. If someone's selling services, you know, are they going to want to create those videos or does 10 to 20 minute videos have a place to get clients?
1: Well, again, like, depends on your goal, right? So for you, Zach, we just laid out the model for you to build a. Quarter million, half a million dollar business without making any videos unless you want to. But <laughs> yeah. NetSuite, it's a different goal. Like NetSuite, yeah. how much is NetSuite? Entry level minimum, like 30K a year. So you want to be like $5 million a year business at minimum, probably. Okay. And it's a giant company. You need to, in the coaching, you're trying to get, you know, 15 to $5,000 or $15,000 a month kind of clients. So maybe 3000 2000 but it's not like 100 bucks a month kind of thing. Yeah. my Clients are going to pay you. But there's a cap, right? Like this, that's a path to maybe a million dollar business. Yeah. NetSuite, a million dollars is nothing. Like they don't yeah. want a million dollars. Like what? They're laughing you out of the room if you say you can help them get a million dollars in revenue, yeah. right? So you, it's like, what? I'll take a million. This is great. Let's go. I'll take that all day long. I'll worry about the rest afterwards. So for NetSuite, a lot of times the thing is about humanizing the brand. So I had a three-year deal with Sage. I don't know if you know Sage. They're an yeah. accounting software company. Okay, and kind of like QuickBooks, but well, basically like QuickBooks, but not not as expensive as you know NetSuite. Okay. Uh, I think they'll start at like ten or twenty dollars a month for their accounting stuff, maybe a little okay. more. But they're meant to be designed for small business owners. So once a month, I would sit down with the CEO of Sage. His name was Stephen Kelly. He was in the UK. I was in Toronto, and we did q and A Q&A session with my audience. So okay. people would come on to ask us questions, and we would both answer them. Yeah. And then I released that as a video. So we did, you know, 30 plus videos of q and A Q&A with me and him. And they paid me on a three year deal to, to do that content, to humanize the brand. They wanted to be seen as a, a friend of small business that they care about small because everybody says they care about small business and nobody actually cares about small business. And so here's Evan with the CEO talking about small business and almost never even talking about the product. Yeah. Who wants to talk about accounting software? Yeah. It's the most boring thing of all time. Yeah. what matters is like ask entrepreneurs what do you hate the most in your business and it's going to be like accounting and legal you know like, yeah well hate it it's the worst yeah so making a channel about accounting is nobody's going to want to watch that but everybody yeah. needs it so how do you pick one company over the other it's the brand you okay. know and if, if and i use it in my company so like i'm actually using it and here's the ceo who seems like a nice guy and honestly cares about entrepreneurs So like, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, the goal is to build a brand inside of entrepreneurship. So for NetSuite, similarly, what's the goal to help them? The goal is not to get them a million dollars in revenue. You need to build something much bigger for them. Yeah, Is the goal then, is it a technical sale or is it a brand sale mostly for them? Are people buying because of what NetSuite is and the brand and how it feels about the company? Or is it much more technical that, oh, it does this one feature and I really need that. I don't know if you know the answer to that question,
0: but yeah, I think you guess. So NetSuite is owned by Oracle. That's, that stands by itself. Like you don't need to speak for Oracle and actually, but how, who integrates it for you and who takes care of it for you is essentially the agency you pick, which is us. So I think it's a, it's more of a brand sale of we know the product that already has the reputation. And so the idea I'm getting from you is doing Q and A's on helping them with marketing or helping them with some other problem that. Helps them to trust us that we know what we're doing. That
1: Got it. So, go it. So, if I understand what you're saying properly, people already know they want to buy NetSuite and they're trying to figure out which agency to help them integrate it, mm-hmm. not whether to buy NetSuite or not. Yep. And your agency that you partnered with is one of those companies that does the NetSuite integration.
0: Yep. And specialize in e commerce, which helps because cool. commerce is okay.
1: a thing. So, now your agency has zero brand with respect. Like, you know, yes. it's not like the and m- most of those agencies who do the integrations, nobody knows who they are because they're technical geeks and they just don't know how to brand themselves, right? Yeah. And so here's, it. that's great because now it's easy for you to stand out because you're the only one with any kind of brand. Yeah. So now it's, who is the person making the decision to hire you? Is it the CEO? Is it the CTO? Is it the CMO? Like who's hiring you from your ideal clients?
0: That it's really, it depends on how big the business is. It could be any of those. So, so who's your ideal market? A deal market, e commerce business is doing like 20 to 30 million a year.
1: You have, again, two paths. Yeah. You know? Like you've got a sales path. Yeah. Which again could just be as easy as you find fast growing, like who's going to buy you? Some, who's going to hire you to help? Either somebody who's like so pissed off and frustrated with their current thing that doesn't work and yeah. they need some help. Right. So now you're replacing the current vendor or somebody who's growing so quickly and never built the right thing in the first place. And hodgepodge it together with a bunch of tools and tried to make Mm -hmm. it work. And like their cousin, Julie helped them. And now it's like, it's time to get serious and put on the pants, right? Instead of like wearing the diaper, right? Like those are usually the better clients because they're growing because they have capital as opposed to the legacy people who are just super frustrated, but may not have a lot of money to be able to pay you. So this is what I did when I was in venture capital. Who's an ideal client for venture capital who needs venture capital everybody wants venture capital like hey i want half a million dollars for my company sure why not but most businesses don't have a good enough business plan or operational excellence or team in place etc to actually get it right people would love it but most people can't actually qualify for it so who are the best people who would get venture capital well it's high growing companies who need money to expand no vc wants to fund the pure startup company yeah they want to fund the expansion because the startup is the riskiest part. They want to fund your research and development and get your first prototype out. That's what angels are for. They yeah. want to fund the expansion. Show me that it works. And now here's $10 million to go off and blow it up. That's what a VC really wants to invest into. Right? Okay. It doesn't have to necessarily be profitable, but it's high growth. and you see the path. You've already made some sales. So what I did was I looked at the list. I'm in Canada, so we had a list. It's called the profit list, but it's basically the, the list of yeah. the fastest growing companies it's, it's a profit list in Canada, but there's a list that's even bigger in the U.S. Okay. of like, I think it goes to 5,000 or 10,000 deep of the fastest growing companies in the country. Okay, Now, depends on your business. Like you look at yours, could you, inter- does it have to be local or could you integrate anywhere in the U.S.? Where, yeah. Perfect. So that, what I did was I reached out to all the profit, the fastest growing companies in Canada and I said, hey, I'm a VC. You need money, and I and like, oh my god, we're struggling. Like we're growing so quickly, we don't know what to do. We've grown eight thousand percent in one year, and like it's. why well, I'm on quicksand. I don't know what I'm, but like it's a great potential business. But then they need they need the capital and they need the expertise, and so that's where you can come in and help. So same thing for you guys. This is an easy direct sales play where you look at these fastest five thousand companies in the U.S. and how they're growing and. Look for different industries, like what's e-commerce versus like a manufacturing company or whatever. and I don't, Can you manufacturing companies or software companies or can?
0: But it's more
1: not ideal. Yeah, manufacturing companies wouldn't be top growing companies typically, anyway, <laughs> but software might or biotech might or yeah. right. But you look at the e-commerce ones. There's going to be a certain percentage, and you just hit them up, and you can apply the same content strategy where you do a 20 minute video. You look at their system, you make it, I don't know how much you can tell about what their backend might be based off of their website and their shopping cart and all that kind of stuff. You may not know everything, but you can make a guess that some of the things you're doing. Yeah. The, hey, what you're doing here, like this is actually super inefficient. And then you spend 20 minutes breaking it down, not a sales pitch, but just in, in giving them free value. Yeah. like, oh my God, who's this, that guy? This is insane. <laughs> this is amazing. How do I work with him? Yeah. Right? And so for your agency, like if you brought an extra million dollars in business to your agency, how much of the difference does that make? Huge. So it's like your yeah. agency business is the same business as the Zach business. Yeah. So the easiest model is not even content public on YouTube. It's content in outreach to Brand. find 200 e-commerce companies that are growing like crazy. You spend, you know, two hours on each company, diving yeah. deep, making a 20-minute video and emailing them. And you'll, you'll get five sales from it. And if each sale is worth X, like that starts to add up yeah. and make a lot of money for you. Yeah, it really does. It's not that you can't do YouTube. Yeah, I'm not the YouTube guy. I love YouTube, but like for your specific case, a lot yeah. of times the content to make is just the direct outreach because it's going to mean so much for the company. Now, yeah, if you wanted to bring in a hundred million dollars, like you're not going to do that effectively just the outreach. Yeah, so like, that could be public content. Yeah. you could break down e-commerce stores and. Do a deep dive and say, here's what they're doing right. Here's what they're doing wrong. Give a breakdown. You could also have guests coming on who might be potential partners for you, for the agency, and you're doing biz dev. That's why they're on the show with you doing biz dev. That channel will suck in terms of subscribers, right? Yeah. Like who's going to subscribe to a e-commerce integrate, like not many people, but, yeah. but the right people. Okay. What do you, you have a million subscribers in a channel, but you sell nothing versus having 200 subscribers. Or people maybe not even subscribe because they, they just want to work with somebody and get it done. They're just looking at the how yeah. to content and don't want to know all the details because they want Zach and his team to do all the details. Yeah. But it leads to business. It's, it's more evergreen and it'll, it'll generate deal flow for you, but it's slower compared to just messaging. Yeah. So to make a 20 minute video. Like it's a fantastic combination of sales plus content creation. Okay. And you don't have to be the most charismatic person, like not that you aren't, but like you just get in front of the camera. Hey, I'm Zach. I love your company. I see a few mistakes that you're making on the e-commerce side. And I made a quick video to explain how you might fix it. Here it is. And then you screen share and just go through everything. like that. And then you go on LinkedIn and you find the CMO and CTO and C whatever or director of whatever. Yeah. And you send it to them. Okay. And from 200 people, you'll get five to 10 clients.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot.
1: I want to figure out what a good YouTube strategy is for you, though, because everything has turned into you just making videos to
0: send to people. But I think the, I'm still going to do the video podcasting. Right now, what I do is I have guests on like you. And then I do a solo episode where I'm sharing my advice and my stuff. And part of that's going to turn into me coaching people and sharing like videos that way. But I think I, I was on a podcast a couple of years ago and the owner or the host shared some information with me, which I thought was very generous. But he had a company reach out to him and offer him. 180 grand to sponsor that season of the podcast. He only had 10,000 listeners, but they were very, they were business listeners. They're very targeted. And so for the video podcast, more the, the one with NetSuite where we're having guests on. And that one, it's not going to be about integration. It's going to be like the story of the business and how they overcame struggles, how they scaled, like hopefully more relatable content that way. But finding sponsors for video podcasts. Do you have any thoughts around that or is that just not even not worth the time and effort to
1: Try to get sponsored that way, and I should focus more on reaching yeah, I, yeah, I don't clients that way. Like, from okay. where you're at, I think you should go. I think, like, honestly, if I'm you, I think between the coaching business and the NetSuite business, and what are you more passionate about? And go do that first, and then decide if you even want to do the other one. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you love the podcasting thing so much, and you work with some of your heroes, and now you're making $400,000 a year from the coaching that you don't want to do the NetSuite thing. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I hope maybe your partner is listening to this. Is like I want to strangle Evan Carmichael yeah. right now. <laughs> don't leave. <you. laughs> but maybe like it, yeah. it's great when you have options. That this is something that you're doing because you genuinely, deeply, like, passionately love this, as opposed to I kind of like it and it's a pretty kick-ass opportunity. Yeah. And so you're chasing the opportunity as opposed to actually chasing the joy. Yeah. But, you know, I think the bigger discussion for you would be what is the thing if you're going to make your own content. What is the thing that would what do you want to be for America? You know, like what is the message you want to give? Because you don't, if you didn't need to make money, because you don't need to make money from this yet, right? Like this is the path to building the empire, the multi-million dollar Zach empire, Yeah, right? What do you want to be for America? Do you want to be the guy who teaches podcasting? Do you want everybody to start their own YouTube show? Do you like, what do you want to be for America? I would love to be the YouTube podcasting guy. Like I, for a while, I was the YouTube guy, but I kind of
0: felt imposter syndrome when i'd watch other channels but video or youtube podcasting i feel like i could kill that and help people make money and because i I love video podcasting i love getting paid to make content so that's what they love i would love to help them to get paid to do that because i can't do work that i hate and i don't want people to have to do that either
1: yeah so like this is a patience game and It's really just picking which paths you want to go down. So the fastest way to get your clients is what we talked about, you know, a couple of times now, right? Make Mm -hmm. those videos, you reach out, you have your five, like that would be my top priority, right? I don't know your financial situation, how much you need to make, if you have a number, you know, where you're comfortable, where you're, you know, not buying Lambos, but you're like, you're good and you're happy and you're serving and you're not stressing, like to not stress every month over how much is coming in is a very freeing. And very, you know, amazing feeling. So whatever that number is for you, I'm assuming it's somewhere in the mid, you know, six figures. So if it's, no, I need 8 million before I'm comfortable. <laughs> wow, so all that gear does cost a lot there, that? Huh, that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what is that number that you need to be at and then go get your clients and do the outreach and get there in the next three to six months to then allow this channel to be the long-term brand play for you of what you want to give the world? Okay. And then almost reversing my advice at the beginning of like what camera to buy and what gears to buy because that's the message for the world, but it doesn't lead you to making any money, especially in the short run. Okay. You know, if you have a if you have a couple million subscribers, you're banging out tons of views. Yeah, you could start making some good AdSense money. You get hired to do speaking deals. Maybe you launch your own book. You sell your own mini course and stuff like that. But like startup creators, they just don't have any money. Yeah. So you're not getting paid from them. But it's a, if you have a lot of them, then that starts to pay off. But to wait to get there, Zach's going to be spending years making tons of content before I think falls into his bank. Account. Already doing this. This is my third YouTube channel. I think, yeah, I think it's just too easy. You know, like it's, it sounds terrible to say, but there's yeah. so many podcasts. We just don't have a YouTube channel. Yeah. Not and if is. you generally just do what you do, like you have a magic skill of being able to deep dive on people <laughs> and learn about them and just show up and care. That's some secret sauce, man. And you could you could take whether you take a percentage of their channel on YouTube, or you take a fee for service, and make the goal to play in the five to fifteen k a month range, and go get your five to ten clients. And then this channel becomes whatever you want it to be. That's passion. Like that, yeah. you're you're pumped to make, and you release yourself of the expectations of like that this channel has to do anything for your business in the next five years. Yeah. And you're just doing it because you love it and you're making videos that you love and you bring on guests that you love. And if you want to still do microphone reviews and whatever, cool. You know, knowing that like this isn't going to, you can make some affiliate revenue and whatever. But like the business, like if you don't have to make money off of Amazon affiliate revenue on the microphones, it just frees you up to be so much more creative and have so much more fun in the creation. And then this becomes something really special in five years. Yeah, I like that.
0: Long-term play, not short-term.
1: You've been the, literally this.
0: I'm gonna watch this probably ten times so that I think this will change my <laughs> life. Like, thank you so much. This has been super valuable for me. Those listening, I hope it has for them as well. But if not, you have changed at least one life with this hour. So, really appreciate that. Cool, yeah.
1: man. Well, um, I'm. I hope I'm glad that it helped. I hope this <laughs> helps the audience too. And I'm super excited to see what you create, man. Like, I think it's gonna be really special. We'll be able to look back. You know, two years, three years, four years later, it's like, remember that conversation we had back in 2022? <laughs> like, yes. yeah, like, look at this, it's crazy.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already listened to some of the past episodes, here are a couple of guest episodes that you might like. On episode five, we learned how Chris Doe grew to 2 million subscribers and what he would do if he were starting over in 2022. Episode seven is how an 18-year-old built a five-figure-a-month business on TikTok. And episode nine is how to grow and monetize your podcast. I hope one of those sounded interesting to you. If they did, I'll see you in the next episode.